Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. And we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7. The game. And good morning to all of you. Now, there's plenty that I want to get to today because I'm going to play a little sports radio detective. Because yesterday on the morning roast, Marty Morningweg, former offensive coordinator for the 49ers, most recently the Eagles, part of the Ravens staff, he's been around. And he had something to say regarding the dual quarterback system. So a little later on in the program, I'm going to play uh, some sports radio detective here. Do some detective work. I don't know what the end game is to it, but I'm going to figure that part out. But there is something uh, that I noticed that Marty Bordigwig had to say uh, that I also noticed from Trey Lance after the game where I don't know if he was telling the truth necessarily. But I do want to talk some Giants baseball to start out this first segment. Now, before we get to that, There was a moment in baseball, and we haven't really talked a lot of general baseball on this show uh, in quite a while. I mean, there's a few interesting things going on here right now. The American League MVP is probably the biggest national discussion, you know, whether a guy in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who can possibly win the Triple Crown when he's got 45 home runs, 103 RBIs, and he's got over a 320 batting average, or excuse me, a 315 batting average. When a guy like Vladimir Guerrero can possibly win the Triple Crown, but still it could go to Shohei Otani, that's the big story. And we haven't really talked about the Orioles, for good reason, because they're the Orioles. But something happened in their game last night against the Yankees that I just want to touch on if you didn't hear about this. And let's see if you could dissect what happened based here on the play-by-play call. This is courtesy of MASN. So the Orioles were facing the Yankees last night. They were up 3-2. It's the top of the ninth. There's one out on the board. Runners on second and third. And the Yankees are the ones who are at bat. So they're down by one run. They got runners on second and third with one out. 
But listen to this play-by-play call here and see if you could dissect what's happening because I have never seen this before. What are they doing here? Tim Timmons is signaling to the tarp. I think the folks, the ground crew members behind the tarp, I think the tarp is a little bit angled out from the wall. And the grounds crew is being sent back into the grounds crew area. They're being kicked off the field. Why is that? I've never seen that. Is that because, I mean, is it getting a little bit cooler? I mean, usually when they come out, it's because rain is imminent. So the grounds crew in this game last night, they get ejected, quote-unquote. The grounds crew gets taken off of the field. I don't know what they were doing there. I don't know if they were waiting for the rain. The most that I've read into it is saying that they were just ready for the game to be over. <laughs> it's it's like I, I, I saw that last night. I was just thinking, that never happens. A grounds crew getting ejected? We've seen everything, every type of player get ejected. We've seen a coach get ejected. We've seen a broadcaster get ejected. We've seen mascots get ejected. But I've never seen actual employees of the ballpark get ejected. And you know the worst part about it? This was happening in Baltimore. And remember I said it's at the top of the ninth and there's rudders on second and third. Well, it ends up that the Yankees score and they make it a 4-3 ball game and the Yankees win. <laughs> just just an incredibly unfortunate night for Baltimore Orioles fans. And the thing that really stuck out in that game also was Cedric Mullins, who is a 5-8 outfielder, ends up robbing Gary Sanchez of a home run. And that's really the play that we should be focusing on. But instead, what made the headlines was the grounds crew getting ejected. That's one of the most bizarre things that I've ever heard of. All right, let's get on to the Giants here as they lose 9-6 to to the Padres. And the main topic that I want to get into as I opened up the show saying that the American League MVP is heavily in the national discussion right now just because of Vladimir Guerrero's triple crown status. Well, with the Padres and the Giants, they still have one more matchup over in Oracle Park, but... We are seeing a battle between two possible MVPs in Brandon Crawford as well as Fernando Tatis Jr. And Fernando Tatis Jr. had a big night last night going four for five while Crawford went one for three in this game uh, while scoring a run. And my question to you at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number, help me out if you want to weigh in. Does Brandon Crawford have any chance in your eyes at winning the MVP? Any chance at winning the MVP? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero over Fernando Tatis Jr. because those two are the most talked about, at least in yesterday's game. But between the two, if you had to choose Crawford or or Tatis, who do you think has a better chance of winning the MVP? Now Tatis has a ton more home runs. He has 18 more on the season. He has more RBIs than Brandon Crawford, but Brandon Crawford is sporting a 293 batting average right now, while also Fernando Tatis is battling a 286 average. Excuse me, 297 for Brandon Crawford, not 293. I don't know how I misread that. But Fernando Tatis is sporting a 286 average right now, and with pretty much every other metric 
they are right within the way of each other. So I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Do you see Brandon Crawford or Fernando Tatis Jr. being more likely to win the National League MVP? But the thing that that, that made me laugh about last night. Now the Giants have been on a nine-game winning streak, and in this winning streak, they had been on a tear, an absolute tear, outscoring the opponent seventy-one to twenty-four. And now, with that nine to six loss, things could change because at the same time as that game was going on, the Dodgers were coming up, coming back, and getting a win against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks being last in the National League West, you know that they have nothing to lose. At first, they were doing the scoreboard watching on on the broadcast. And they were showing that the Dodgers were down, and we're thinking, "Oh, great! This is a they got a four-two lead right now." Or excuse me, the uh, the Diamondbacks have a two-nothing lead. This is great! Oh, finally! And then the Dodgers end up coming back, and they win five-three. But they're one and a half games back, regardless of that nine-game winning streak. Winning streaks don't matter until you lose and you realize, "Oh, wait." The other team had been on a winning streak too. They're, they've won six straight of their own. And now they're one and a half games back of the Giants in the National League West standings. And the thing for me that stuck out among this game is, look, the Giants were scoring runs. They had no problem doing that. They hit four home runs in total. Chris Bryant, Tyro Estrada, Brandon Belt, and Steven Duggar in the eighth. These these at-bats that they were taking last night were not bad. They were going up against guys like Joe Musgrove, who is one of the better pitchers in the game. Um, I know his win, uh, win-loss win record isn't necessarily there, but he's still got some really, really nasty stuff. They were going up against Emilio Pagan in this one, then closing it out with Mark Melanson. Meanwhile, the Giants were using the opener and Dominic Leone and Harleen Garcia, Zach Littell, Kervin Castro... Jay Jackson, Jose Quintana was the one who ended up giving up the big home run to Eurixson Profar, and that's what I'm looking back on in this game. Because the Giants, they were scoring runs. They were scoring runs. But if they end up taking the wild card spot and not winning the National League West this year, and the Dodgers somehow take over, me, I'm going to look back on this game and pinpoint it as the start of when the Giants started to lose the National League West. And more than Max Muncy, more than him just destroying the Giants all season long, more than Walker Bueller, who before his last start against the Giants had just been lights out in every single start. But Eurixson Profar had the home run against Quintana when they were one pitch away from getting out of the inning. And the Giants could have come back in this one. They could have tied it at that point. But Eurixson Profar hits the home run, goes around the bases, takes a bigger lead. And in the end, they score two runs in the, in the, in the ninth, and they make it 9-6. to six. But Eurixson Profar was the one who sparked everything. Momentum went all in the Padres' favor at that point in the game. I'm going to look back at that, and I'm going to think, you know, Eurixson Profar, if this is the start of something where we see the Giants lose, lose the National League West, I'll say that Eurixson Profar was damn near the Giants' number one enemy, close to Max Muncie and Walker Bueller for the L.A. Dodgers. That's what I'm going to be looking back on after last night's game.
you know, but Brandon Belt, he continues to stay hot. Brandon Belt has been fantastic as of late. Luckily, Chris Bryant starting to get into a little bit of a groove, had a couple of walks, and also had the home run. His batting average is up to 270 right now. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. was batting cleanup in this game. He he got a hit. Everybody on the in the lineup ended up getting a hit except for Listella, who went over, but he did get a walk in the game. He did and he did get on base from the five one zero. I hate that we could score solo home runs, but we can't hit home runs with runners on base. And that's that's not just the Giants, though. I'd say that's a issue across baseball. That's not just the Giants. It's it's pretty rare. Where rare is the team that you get runners on base right at the start of the inning, and then they end up knocking them in with homers, and you're getting you know two, three run shots, not necessarily grand slams. I'd say solo home runs are just not only an issue with the Giants, but hell, that's just an issue with the league. An issue with the league not getting on base. All they're doing is hitting home runs, and that's why uh, a lot of the viewership has just been so far down is because nobody likes the home run, at least when it's not hit at the rate that it's being hit at. And that's just a, that's just a problem across the league. But that's the thing that I'm think uh, that when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the MVP, and I asked that question at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero between Brandon Crawford and Fernando Tatis Jr., who has more of a chance of becoming the MVP? They put up the stat line last night uh, on the NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast with Crook and Kipe, and the one that stuck out to them was more game-winning RBIs for Brandon Crawford. He was in the double digits, whereas Fernando Tatis had seven. But here's where I'm at with the Brandon Crawford MVP conversation. I do think that with the way that he's played on defense, compared to how Tatis has played at short, he makes the flashy plays, sure, but also... He makes a ton of errors, far more than Brandon Crawford. And I guarantee you, the defensive metrics, whenever you look way deep into it, Brandon Crawford's are better than Fernando Tatis's. There's been so many you know, game-saving double plays that Brandon Crawford has made. He has made plays on defense that have saved games, not even just saving runs, saved games. And I do think that he deserves the MVP, but I just do not know if Major League Baseball is inclined to not give it to a guy like Fernando Tatis, who is supposed to be the face of their league. They're trying to save face right now. They're trying to do whatever they can to bring in viewers. And if Fernando Tatis Jr., the guy that they're putting on the cover of MLB The Show with the sick backflip, the guy that they're putting on commercials... The guy that they're miking up during the All-Star game in hopes that people will get to know him a little more. If Fernando Tatis Jr., it doesn't even matter how much better Brandon Crawford has been this season, which I think he has been. It's just in Major League Baseball's agenda to get themselves a superstar. And how do you get a superstar pretty well known? Well, give him a war- give him an award. Maybe they'll see him next season and maybe want to watch more. Maybe they're more inclined to watch the San Diego Padres next year. I think it's. I, I don't think it's a fair narrative. I, I don't think so at all. But if Brandon Crawford ended up winning the MVP, I think a lot of you know national fans, the casual baseball fans, would just be like, "What? Brandon Crawford?" Without even seeing, without even seeing what happened for the five one zero. 
Jesus Christ, Steve. Who put sour cream in your coffee? Come on, my guy. One game. Bullpen game. Padres still got hitters, man. Let's get the day, day game today. And plus the Dodgers were playing the last place team. If we win today, two full games up. That's JP from the stack. Look, I'm just saying, I, I think here's the thing. JP, and you're right. There's it probably sounds like you know waking up at this early in the morning and me being so down. I think this is just a product of how salty I am that somehow, even though the Giants have just been having one of actually, you know, it for me, it's the best regular season that I've ever seen the Giants play in my life, and I think there's a hint of saltiness for me. When I'm seeing that the Dodgers are still one and a half games back, even though the Giants have put in the work, they've kept it going, they've they've lasted throughout this marathon of a season, and and I'm just, I think that's what it's a product of for me, JP. And I'm I'm you know coming off as a more cynical this morning, and I think that's why it's a that that's what's up with it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's not looking at it from a level-headed perspective, and as a radio host, I should be doing that. But I'm just seeing a loss last night and a win for the Dodgers, and I'm just thinking, damn, the Giants had a chance to get into that game, and this is finally the one that separates them where the Dodgers gain a game on, uh, gain a game on them, and they're still facing a hungry Padres team. It's never good when a team that's on a winning streak is facing a team like the Padres who are on a losing streak and absolutely need to get back into the win column. That I guess you're right. I guess I do sound like I'm having some sour cream in my coffee. For the 408, who gets the edge for better hair between Tatis Jr. and Crawford? Mm, that's a good question. I think Tatis Jr.'s is uh, uh, much more cool. I think I, I if I had the opportunity, if I had the face for it, if I had the body for it, if I had the head for it, I guess is more uh, what to say there. Man, I'd take Fernando Tatis Jr.'s hair all day if I could rock that. I mean, right now I've got the typical white guy comb over, <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> but Brandon Crawford's is just so classic. It's such a classic baseball hair. But Fernando Tatis's is so cool. You know? So cool. So I'd give the... I think I'd give the edge to Tatis. But Crawford is just classic. Classic Crawford hair. Love that. Good question. Shout out to you, 408. This is great content for 517 AM radio. All right. Coming up next at 888-957-9570. That's the text slider, the phone number. I'm going to play a little sports radio detective, and we're going to use a few sound bites from Marty Morningweg, who was on with the morning roast yesterday, from Trey Lance after the game against the Lions. There's something... After the game that Trey Lance had to say, which I'm looking at completely different as we're four days removed from it. So we'll get to that next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Even like for it on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Anyone see front row 40 last night at the game? I, I, if you watched the game, you definitely saw a 40 who was over there. I don't know, though. Might have been second row 40. Was he second row 40 in that game? I mean, he was right behind home plate. Couldn't miss him. E40, he's one of the most recognizable people, by the way. It's just, it's unmistakable whenever you see E40. I saw him at a Costco once, and I had no doubt that it was E40. I don't know what he was in the guest services line for, but he was just waiting there. And me and my brother walked by. It was around Christmas time, and then he just tilts his glass, and he just tilts his glasses because he sees that we notice who he is. We're the only people in the Costco who notices who he is. I don't know how that happened. And I guess he could overhear us kind of whispering, and he just tilts his glasses, and he just goes, Happy Holidays, man. And then we just keep on walking. And then looking back on it, in hindsight, I don't know why the hell we kept walking. Should have gone up and said hi to him. But this was also at the time where, you know, he's starting to get his drinks going. I don't know if he was putting in order in order for, you know, a bunch of Slurricane to go to the Costco. I don't know if he was putting it in order for the Mango Scotto. I believe that's what was coming out at the time. I don't know what he was doing. But random, C and E forty at a Costco. He's unmistakable whenever you see him. He was behind the home plate. He was behind home plate last night at that Giants game. You could easily see him. From the seven oh seven, could you see the Padres sandbagging the rest of their games against the Giants to avoid being the team that helps the Dodgers reclaim the division? No. <laughs> <laughs> the the Padres are trying as hard as they can to keep uh, to get back into this wild card race and reclaim their place as a possible playoff team where I think a lot of people have fallen out of favor with the or the Padres have fallen out of favor with a lot of the fans who, you know, maybe became fans of them last second. They they, they they're 75 and 70 on the year. Uh, it's not one that I think a lot of Padres fans were hoping for. If anything, I think the Padres fans were thinking, or at least not even just fans, I think the national media too were thinking that the place that the Giants are in right now is where the Padres would have been. 
But let's transition to a little bit of football here. Because uh, after this break, or after the next break, coming up at about 540, I do want to play for you uh, the first half of the Alex Mack interview for from Damon Ratto and Kolsky. Alex Mack... Of course, veteran center, signed to the uh, Pro Bowl center, signed to the 49ers earlier this year. Great addition to the team. Great addition to Kyle Shanahan's offense. He joined Damon Ratto and Kolsky, and I thought it was a great interview. And it was about 20 minutes long, but I do want to play the first snippet for you because I think there was a lot to react to. And then you can, of course, listen to the rest if you'd like, if you haven't already. But Marty Morningweg, who was an offensive coordinator for the 49ers at one point, an offensive coordinator for the Eagles, the Ravens, he's been with a bunch of teams. You could, I could you know, spend the next five minutes listing his accomplishments. But we, they were talking about on the morning roast yesterday the dual quarterback system. And if there's anyone who understands how NFL offenses work and how it works when you got a mobile quarterback waiting as a backup, it's Marty Morningweg. And he said a ton of things like, you know, he loves that they're running that system with Lance. He likes the dual quarterback system. He thinks that, as a matter of fact, they should double his snaps, essentially. Instead of giving him maybe four or five snaps a game, they should be giving him eight to 12. He loves that aspect of it. But this is what he had to say regarding the communication between the head coach and whoever these quarterbacks are that they're running the system with. Here's how you do it. I've done it with so many guys. You have to embrace it. You have to game plan it. You have to script it. And then communication is key. As you know, communication with the quarterbacks and communication with the whole team is imperative. It could be uncomfortable with a lack of communication. Nobody gets surprised at how we're going to operate. So I heard this on the morning roast yesterday. And I went back to Trey Lance's comment as soon as the game was over. And he was asked if he knew when he'd be called into the game, if they had some sort of game plan. And here's what Trey Lance said after that game against the Lions. I mean, I had no idea uh, when or if I was going to play. Um, obviously, I was hoping that I would get, you know, get to get on the field and, and just help. But at the same time, uh, my role is just to be ready whenever my name is called. So Morningweg says there has to be communication. You, you can't have the lack thereof. And when Trey Lance is saying he didn't know when his number would be called, the first thought that I had after I heard that Morningweg comment was, wow. Kyle Shanahan, really, I, I I don't know how much he knows how to, I don't know if he understands really how to run this dual quarterback system if there's a lack of communication. Because if there's one guy who understands what he's talking about, it's Marty Warningwig as an offensive coordinator. And he's saying there has to be communication. So on one side, I was thinking, damn, I mean, does, does Kyle Shanahan know what he's doing? Is there a point to running this dual quarterback system if he un- doesn't understand it? If communication is the key, if the communication is the first thing that Marty Morningweg announces, I mean, isn't that how it should be with Kyle Shanahan? But then I looked on the other side of it, and, and, and I was thinking, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he has probably taught Trey Lance already how to, you know, bend the truth with the media. Because 
if there's one thing I know that Kyle Shanahan is as an offensive play caller, forget all the you know the personnel stuff and all the issues that you have with Shanahan. We all know how incredibly detailed he is as not only a head coach but an offensive coordinator as well. We understand that Kyle Shanahan, the reason that he's one of these great offensive play callers is because he's so detailed. And I don't think that Kyle Shanahan would even think about not telling Trey Lance, yeah, you're not. I'm not going to tell you when your number is going to be called. I have a feeling that they had this planned all along where he was going to go in the red zone. What does this mean? Probably nothing. Is there an end game to what I'm even talking about? Probably not. Am I doing this to feed my own ego as a radio host because I found a connection from something from five days ago? Absolutely. That's absolutely what I'm doing. But I did find it interesting. You know, it's just, I, I we just totally glossed over Trey Lance, didn't know when his number would be called. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? Just keeping him on his toes, keeping the defense on his toes. But Kyle Shanahan has already taught Trey Lance the art of how to bend the truth to the media. Jimmy Garoppolo had Tom Brady for four years. And Tom Brady, as we know, if you heard him on, I think it was, I think it was The Shop or one of those shows that Uninterrupted uh, produces. But Tom Brady says that 90% of the stuff that he says at the podium is total BS. So it's uh, it's just fascinating to me. And, you know, the way that Morningwig was talking about it, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see uh, more snaps. Do I really want to? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I am curious to see how Jimmy Garoppolo continues to react in the future if, say, you know, Kyle Shanahan puts Trey Lance in and takes away the touchdown. Because right now, Jimmy Garoppolo all smiles, you know, saying what he needs to say to the media. But what if it's, you know, what if it's week 14 and Garoppolo feels his ego starts to get into it a little bit because he realizes that he gives them the best chance to win? Can Garoppolo stay like this for the entirety of the season? Well, that question remains to be seen. But this is already happening in week one. (laughs) It's already happening in week one where Kyle Shanahan is teaching his young quarterback, his young rookie quarterback, hey, You can talk to the media, but just make sure you don't really tell them the truth, but also give them something on the back end so it makes it sound like something completely different and that you're not bending the truth. You know, say whatever whatever helps or gives our team a best chance to win. That's my go-to line, Trey. Say whatever gives our best team a best chance to win. Make sure you tell the media that. Make sure you put that on the back end of every statement that you make so that you're not coming up with something controversial, so you're not coming up with something outlandish. Soon enough, we're going to have Trey Lance at the podium talking exactly like Kyle Shanahan. Oh, we were running the plays that we wanted to run. They just didn't execute. Uh, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna try and put in the plays that give us the best chance to win. If that means it's with uh, Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel, or if it means it's with Trent Sherfield, uh, if they give us the best chance to win, we're gonna do it. <laughs> like Trey Lance is going to be speaking out of the podium like that. That was my Kyle Shanahan impression, by the way, if and in case any of you uh, didn't catch that. All right. Coming up next, Alex Mack. He was on with Damon Ratto and Kolsky yesterday for a terrific interview. I got to be honest, I hadn't really heard Alex Mack talk before, uh, but if you haven't heard him, 
he was awesome yesterday. So I want to play uh, the first half, uh, uh, the first half for you. Uh, that's coming up next. In case you missed that on Damon Ratto and Kolsky for you, and then we'll get into some of the stuff that Alex Mack had to say, as well as Kyle Shanahan, because Kyle Shanahan spoke at the podium, and me personally. I think we are overreacting to this thing with Brandon Ayuk way too much. We'll get into all that next. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. From the eight three one, he didn't train him on what to say. You're bending down the truth. Look, when Trey Lance says after the game he didn't know when his number would be called, and then I heard Marty Morningwig on the morning roast yesterday that with the dual quarterback system, communication is the number one thing. I have a very hard time believing that Trey Lance didn't know when his number would be called. As a matter of fact, if I guarantee you, if Kyle Shanahan told him, hey, as soon as we get inside the five, I'm putting you in. I guarantee you that's what happened. And Trey Lance... Telling us, hey, I didn't know what my number would be called. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. That's where I'm at. I'm not trying to call them out. Doesn't make them bad people or anything. As a matter of fact, I think that's what athletes and head coaches should be doing is trying to just tell the media and fib everybody. I mean, for example... And we will get to Alex Mack here. Damon Rado and Kolsky had on 49ers center Alex Mack. And I wanted to play the first half of the interview for you because it was an excellent 24 minutes. And I want to play about the first eight for you. I don't want to take up my entire show with it. But it was so good. And there's so much that I want to get to from Alex Mack that I just figured, you know what, if you missed it, then... You need to hear what he had to say, and you need to hear the way that he talks. Alex Mack was awesome yesterday, so I'll play that in in just a second. But, you know, I go back to Formula One. I've become a recent Formula One fan because of Drive to Survive. I ended up watching it during the pandemic, so really, this is my first full season, you'd say, watching Formula One, and the main guy, the one who's always winning, the guy you've probably heard of out of anyone else in Formula One, in Lewis Hamilton, who's the you know seven-time champion, he's fantastic at what he does. He gets on the team radio, and he always complains about his tires, you know, acting like something's wrong. And the thing is, the other racing teams that are that are in the race, they can hear those team radios. So a little bit of gamesmanship is going on. I like the gamesmanship there. For uh, I like the gamesmanship there from Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan. Keeping them on their toes. I just find it fascinating that in week one already, uh, we're hearing Trey Lance maybe stretching the truth a little bit uh, with what he said with him not saying his number. Uh, he didn't know when it would be called. Uh, we will get to Alex Mack right now, and I want to play it for you. But afterward... I also want to talk about Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Shanahan and their re- relationship and why I think we're overreacting. But ESPN, they just came up with their NBA predictions from their experts. This was released in the middle of my show. And I do just want to react on the fly to a couple of these award predictions, way too early award predictions. So we'll get to those after we hear from Alex Mack. He was on. 
with Damon Radowinkulski yesterday, and it was a fantastic interview. You can, of course, go on the Odyssey app, download the Odyssey app, favorite 95.7 The Game if you want to if you want to check it out. And right now you still have time to use the Rewind feature, which lets you go back 24 hours in a day and listen to whatever you want to listen to. But Alex Mack was on with DRK. I wanted to play some of it for you, and then we'll react to it after. Here's Alex Mack, 49ers center, on with them yesterday. We're very happy to have our first conversation with someone whose reputation is just absolutely stellar. Alex, my name's Damon. You're going to hear from Ray. Matt's going to say hello in just a little bit. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, doing really well. Everyone at the Greenbrier, nice turndown service, mints on the pillow, ready to go? It's a very classy establishment. A little bit of the shining vibes with the uh, decor, but... uh... It actually is a really classy place. Very nice. Uh, it's wonderful to have you on, man. It's really good to see you back You know, in the Bay. Obviously, your college career it was at Cal, and to be a 49er, was this something you ever thought about when you were in college? Did you, did you get to, oh, I'm guessing, what, Candlestick back in the day when you were at, at Cal? I got to play there, or no, sorry, at Cal, I didn't get to play a candlestick, but I, I got to play a candlestick a couple times over my career, and uh, it's a cool place. I mean, it's gone now, but uh, the, the fans are cool. I know uh, the 49ers have a real uh, strong fan base, so it's been exciting to join the team and really see them in action in the preseason. Let's start with the congratulations on the season opening win in Detroit. I'm guessing you and Jimmy pregame planned the – the fumble on the first snap of the year just to keep the Lions off guard? I'm guessing that was part of the not, game plan. Not not how you'd want to start the the, the you know the season. <laughs> it's not, not a good tone setter for the offense, but I think we made up for it later in the game. Certainly. Uh, definitely, do. don't want, definitely don't want to turn over the ball ever. So for it to be the first thing we do is, is not stellar. So we're, we're working to make sure that never happens again. What was your biggest takeaway from the debut in Detroit? What do you think the team, you know, what, what message did the team send back to you about what this season might be? You know, uh, the, the takeaways we had were, you know, if we're rolling, if we're on our details, we can do some pretty amazing stuff. Like we, we scored a lot of points. We, when we were on our details, things weren't go, were going really well. And you just have to stay in your details. This league's too good to ever relax. I think we made it far too interesting in that game towards the end, and we just need to keep the gas pedal on. Uh, never relax. Make sure you're on your details, and anybody in this league can come back. So it's just one of those things. It was a good wake-up call without having a really good burn for it. Um, you've been doing this for a long enough time that I'm going to guess – when that snap happened, and I don't want to dwell on that because it's not really important, but when a snap gets fumbled, does the center know right away who's who's to blame? And I'm not asking you to identify blame in this one. I'm just saying as a general rule, can you tell, even though you're not seeing it, what happened? Uh, generally, it's hard to tell. You know, uh, you're focused on so much stuff, and it, it's one of those kind of natural things. If I screw up a snap, like flat out, screw it up yeah i know i do that but when it's just something kind of went iffy it's kind of hard to pinpoint what went wrong it's just one of those things where i think a lot of adrenaline going going quick trying to explode off the ball and jimmy trying to you know get the ball the the, uh the running back 
I think we were just a little bit off, and that's all it takes. It's one of those little details that you really have to be tuned into everything, uh, and you know, don't do it again. You never expect it to happen. You know, so I felt something hit my feet on that play. I was like, I don't know what that is, and it was the ball, which is not good. <laughs> not where the ball. You, be. You've obviously played with a handful of different quarterbacks over the course of your career, and I guess. Not to keep referring to that play, but one thing that I immediately thought about was how different is what you need to do as a center with the snap when it comes to different court, like quarterback to quarterback? Do guys want the ball somehow differently, or is it pretty much you're doing the same action no matter who is behind you? I'd say I'm doing the same action no matter who's behind. It's a matter of figuring out and making them aware of where I place the ball. And kind of figure that out. That's usually takes, you know, four snaps for anybody. So it's not that big of a deal. Like most snaps, most centers are pretty similar. 49er center Alex Mack here on 95.7 The Game. So you played for Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator, and now you're playing for Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. Much of a difference, noticeable difference, no difference at all. What is it? No difference at all, I'd say. I think he's uh, Kyle is the same guy he's always been. He's now just, instead of it being an offensive meeting, it's a team meeting. Uh, it, he's the same guy. He speaks it pretty real. Uh, he's very you know down-to-earth. Uh, I, I really enjoy him. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I'm excited to be in this offense. Uh, I think he's a great head coach, and I'm, I'm fired up. So, how much does an offensive coordinator, as opposed to a head coach, deal with what's going on in the blocking scheme, which seems so part and parcel to the offense, the running offense, especially that Kyle Shanahan runs? Is he hands-on with the offensive lineman as much as he's hands-on with you know QBs, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers? Uh, I think something that makes him a great you know head coach, and you know when he was offensive coordinator, it was just how solid of understanding he had of the schemes so he really understood everyone's responsibility and could was capable of coaching every position and so when you have that you can really hold all the players accountable the coaches accountable everything should mesh very well together and i think that's the same thing that's going on now as the center you're required to pretty much know what the full blocking scheme is for everybody so at this early stage, on a scale of 1 to 100, how much do you know about everything you feel you should know about everybody else on your line? Uh, 1 to 100. Wow. Uh, that, that way we could do percentages. It's range. easier that way. We could really <laughs> get in there. I, I think you can always learn more. So I'll never say 100, although you'd, you'd want everybody to know everything backwards and forwards. But I think the offense is evolving, and you do add plays for schemes to try to take advantage of the defense. So I'll give myself a 90, you know, and, and sometimes there's an amount of trust. You know what your job is, and you know other people have responsibility from what's your job, but you're not trying to micromanage everybody. See, we had you coming in at 86.4%, so I'm glad you're rounding up to 90. Close. Very close. Rounding up, rounding up. We'll, we'll allow it in, in this in this first interview. I, I'm uh, not to bring up things that uh, haven't even happened yet, but 
part of coming to the Niners is playing the Rams twice a year, and, and we just watched Aaron Donald on a Sunday night. As the center, obviously that's a guy you're going to be staring at an awful lot. And I'm just wondering, is that something you've thought about, and have you played him in the past, and sort of uh, what is that like? Uh, it's it's not fun. He's a very good player, and he's one of the best in the business ever to do it, without a doubt. It was when choosing to you know come to the 49ers, having to play you know that player and those teams – it, it's not attractive, you know. You you want cupcakes everywhere, but uh, that's not the case. I, I know the uh, you know our division is very competitive and it's going to be very tough. Uh, but I think if we can you know weather that storm and get through our division, we'll be a very good team that can do whatever we want in the postseason. We're very happy. That was Alex Mack. Yesterday on with DRK, 49ers Center, and he had a lot more to say. And if you want to check that out, you can download the Odyssey app and uh, favorite 95.7 The Game. Go to the Rewind feature. You can get head back to Damon's show and go check that out. We also post the interview separately on the podcast. We have tons of ways that you can get back to listening to that interview. But I did want to listen uh, for you to listen to the first eight minutes or so of that. And that's just the way that he was talking about his relationship with Kyle Shanahan there and Jimmy Garoppolo and how hands-on he is. It just seems like he's so detail-oriented that what I was going back to earlier with the Trey Lance thing, Trey Lance's communication, him saying he didn't know what his number would be called, I don't know. I don't know. And and I'm getting here on the text line at 888-957-9570. From the 510, you're giving Shanahan too much credit. He's a control freak that doesn't want anyone to know his self-acclaimed mastery. He's a great play designer, but his downfall is not collaborating with other great minds to facilitate. Mark Jackson did the same thing with the Warriors. And I don't know if I'd go that far because, I mean, he was working with a running game coordinator and he was doing all those different things. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't think it's the same situation as it was uh, with Mark Jackson. There's some different things involved there, but I get what you're saying, 510. I understand it. From the 408, yeah, no doubt they had a play call for a certain distance. What if Trey just said, yeah, I knew because I have a package for when we get inside the 10? Then I think... Well, first off, other defenses would know about it, but two, we'd be trying to dissect way more into Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan possibly not trusting him in the red zone. But here's another issue I have with the dual quarterback system, and I just got this update. This this stinks from... Uh, from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. It seems like, you know how when uh, whenever you're hearing the, this player is working with Dr. James Andrews, you know something is wrong and he's probably going to be out for the year. It's like whenever you hear from these insiders, especially in, during the season, it's never really anything good. But here's another reason why I'm really not too much of a fan of the dual quarterback system. I know... And, and I understand on the front end, let me say this on the front end before all of you start texting in and trying to prove me wrong and saying these are two completely different situations and two completely different players. I understand. I understand. But for me and Rappaport, Raiders quarterback Marcus Mariota is expected to be out multiple weeks after aggravating a quad injury during a 31-yard run on Monday night. A few weeks is the best-case scenario. This robs Las Vegas of a weapon as they plan to sprinkle Mariota in the offense. And I understand that Marcus Mariota, a lot older than Trey Lance. Trey Lance, much more spry. 
but I do think that if you're running this dual quarterback system, and it does work for your team, you're also running the risk of injury. And now is that risk... Is that risk, that high risk right there that you're taking by possibly getting your future franchise quarterback hurt in his rookie year? Because the most important part, most important thing is to get him reps. And I think we've all gotten to that point now where if we were the people who said that Trey Lance should be started come week one, I think we've accepted the fact that that won't happen. And as long as they continue to win ball games, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter while they'll work Trey Lance in with these packages. And Trey Lance is going to get experience against NFL defenses with these certain plays, right? But if he's not in this year for multiple weeks, he's not going to get the reps that he needs. Now, the reward, it could be good. Could be a good reward. After that touchdown pass to Trent Sherfield, uh, you know, there wasn't really much to write home about. The, the the plays weren't exactly working against the Detroit Lions. We'll see how it fares against the Eagles. I think they're going to run it again. But I think Marcus Mariota and seeing what he did there can be a cautionary tale. Now, granted, it's probably not going to be a quad injury, but you could tell something was wrong when he got up. Is that risk worth whatever the reward will be if he does get hurt? Like that that's that's the question we all need answered and it's one that I don't know. It's one that I don't know, but I think it's I think it's worth raising. Continuing on with the offense, a lot of the talk has been with Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, rookie wide receiver last year, had a fantastic year. A lot of people put him as the number one receiver over Debo Samuel. Has a preseason where, you know, he's dropping footballs, not looking the same, and everyone's wondering where Ayuk was in this last game, didn't really even get a target. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say because he is one of the main topics. This is what Kyle Shanahan had to say regarding Brandon Ayuk in his second season so far. Not totally. I mean, we just, it's kind of what I, anytime that, you do have a setback with hamstring, and you have a guy behind you playing as well as Trent's played. You know, I know Trent wasn't a first-round draft pick and stuff, so that might not be as obvious with the talent level and stuff, but he's been a hell of a football player since he's been here. Mayuk's been a little inconsistent because he's been in and out with his injury and stuff, and that's what we felt was the best chance for us this week. Uh, last week, Ayuk still has got a chance to get that spot up and not rotate as much. Trent just doesn't make that very easy. So these three days are important in practice, how we balance out our game plan, how we balance out our routes, and I'm happy with Ayuk. There's nothing against Ayuk. I'm just also happy with Trent, too, and I think both of them can continue to get better. I don't understand the worry. I don't. I think if anything right now, I mean, you should be looking at this. I think if you're a 49er fan and you're seeing the wide receiver core and how it's playing out. Excuse me. The fact that Trent Sherfield has, it seems like Trent Sherfield has almost surpassed Brandon Ayuk among the depth chart. We understand how good Ayuk can be. We've seen his potential before. Right, and maybe he hasn't been as good as as advertised in the second season going into it. But here's where I'm at. They got 17 weeks left this year, 16 games left in the season. That is plenty of time for Ayuk to work himself back into the offense. If you're a 49er fan, you should be stoked on how Debo Samuel looked in that week one. Debo Samuel having a career night already in the first week. Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield is looking like that could be a steal, a steal type of pick, uh, a steal type of pickup 
with the way Larry Fitzgerald talked about him, I wouldn't be surprised if Trent Sherfield is a very capable wide receiver who just didn't get the uh, the the right opportunity over there in Arizona. And if Brandon Ayuk still has yet to actually do anything and he can possibly reach that potential, I just think it's way too early to worry about this. That's all. I just think it's way too early to even read too much into it because next thing you know, Brandon Ayuk could lead the team in receptions. I mean, I wonder how Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans are feeling. Last Thursday night, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin were the two wide receivers that made all the headlines. Where's Pro Bowl, perennial Pro Bowler Mike Evans? Guy who grew up as a rookie on the team and was no doubt helping Jameis Winston get a lot of those stats that he was picking up because Mike Evans, you could just throw the ball up and he'd catch it at, at any point. Well, he looked like the third best wide receiver on the Buccaneers, and I'm sure Buccaneers fans are thinking, well, what's happening to Mike Evans? He's still a good wide receiver. That doesn't change. It just so happened that he didn't get as many targets in that game because the other two were thriving. It's the embarrassment of riches type of deal. And then on top of that, Kyle Juszczyk only got one reception for seven yards, and I'm going to maintain because I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So you're going to hear uh, my prediction for that. But I'm going to uh, uh, so, but I'm going to maintain that Kyle Juszczyk is going to get a touchdown. And I think he's going to be the first one to get a touchdown in this game against the Eagles. If I were a betting man, which I am, I think that Kyle Juszczyk is going to be the first to score for the 49ers. I do in this next upcoming game. Because there's just a ton of weapons that Kyle Shanahan has has at his disposal. It just so happened that those guys weren't used in the first week. I personally wouldn't worry too much about it. And just to flip-flop here, because I'm going to go, well, not flip-flop like my take, but I'm going to flip on to the NBA, to the NFL real quick. The NBA, uh, ESPN released their predictions for the awards. You know, and Steph's obviously in the MVP conversation. The Warriors are in the, you know, championship conversation. The Steve Kerr's in the coach of the year conversation. All those different things. But one guy who I think is missing from this list is they tried to predict sixth man of the year. That is Jordan Poole. And I don't know. He probably is going to be the starting two guard before Clay comes back because Clay's not going to be coming back till at least December. If 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 he comes back by Christmas, I think that'll be the best uh, the be- the best present. <laughs> excuse me, best present. I'm not even going to dump that. I am going to show you the embarrassment of stumbling over some words at a time. Best present that the Warriors could ask for is Clay Thompson getting back on Christmas Day. Jordan Poole could take over as the two, but as soon as Clay Thompson comes back, they will work his way in. But Jordan Poole will be the sixth man uh, going forward. I think that uh, Jordan Poole should be in the conversation, and he's not even on the list here. It's Jordan Clarkson, Derek Rose, Joe Ingles, Kevin Hoarder from the Hawks, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Eric Bledsoe. Those are the top seven. Then in the others receiving votes, Kendrick Nunn, Carmelo Anthony, Goran Dragic, Dennis Schroeder, Taylor Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, and Patty Mills. So he's not even in the conversation there, and I think that Jordan Poole absolutely deserves it. Tonight... You're going to have the New York Giants against the Washington football team. Someone asked me if uh, they should start Saquon in fantasy. I don't know who your other running backs are. I don't know what your team looks like. But if you have Saquon, yes, you start him. It doesn't matter the team that you're going up against because he has a lot more upside than probably a lot of your other running backs who are you know, on the bench. But you are going to have the 49ers at the Eagles, and I'm not going to be here on Friday. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.